Welcome to The Matchup, a storytelling podcast from St. Paul's Episcopal Church in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, where you, the listener, get to decide who told the most compelling story. I'm your host, Jason Franklin, and today we get to welcome a new guest, not to be mistaken with me. <laughs> I'm Jason Franklin, and I am happy to welcome James Franklin. Hi, James. Hey. Hey, Jason. How are you? Good. 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 Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, thank you. Pleasure to be here. Um, you know, no relation, nope. but, uh, but you know, brothers from another yeah. brother. And know. often, if people who know both of us, we usually get either text messages or emails That's right. that are not meant for us. <laughs> yeah, I believe I got one like a couple weeks ago yeah. that was you know, right. asking to, uh, you know, some communications thing. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, no, that's not me. So, that's yeah. Full confession from yeah. Franklin. I might have even done that, that I, once a couple most, of years Most ago. people have. Mark. It was totally Mark. <laughs> 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 but yeah, um, so I'm a campus minister. Yep. Uh, uh, I was ordained a priest in 2014. Okay. Um, so coming up <laughs> on 10 years uh, soon. And I serve primarily at Wake Forest University, um, but I serve all the all of the institutions of higher education nice. here in Winston-Salem. Uh, so it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for being here. Yeah. And with us, we have back Dr. Mark, Audrey Graves. Hey. Hey, this will not be evident when these episodes yeah. are released, but I have been sitting in this booth for a while already today. The man is a trooper. He is doing back-to-back <laughs> episodes with us. So you get to see what it's like to be the host and do these. That's right. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for being here. You are very welcome. How are we feeling about our picks? Are you guys excited? Mm. You're never. You will have not heard anything like this yet on yeah. the podcast. Good. <laughs> I'm more excited about how I'm telling my story <laughs> than wow. than the than the subject of the story. I I think Ooh. when you um when you announce your pick, I think some listeners will gasp. Yeah, I think it's thoroughly possible. Oh, I'm yeah. so intrigued. I can't wait. That's exciting. Yeah, I'm, I'm really just more curious to hear what Mark's pick is <laughs> than to like hear my own voice talking about this thing. Um, so, but maybe someone else will I find mean, it I mean, earlier Dixon was talking about rolling my eyes. Yeah. There is th- this, the entire listenership of our podcast <laughs> is going to collectively roll its eyes when I start talking. <laughs> yeah, that's very possible. It, you be prepared. I mean, this is this is reaching back to that previous podcast of which we shall not speak yeah in terms of nerddom it okay. is i'm gonna double down oh. on some nerddom all right yeah did Great. you have a hard to time prove, coming up with your to pick? prove a bigger no. point okay yeah no mine was pretty easy okay um it's kind of the root of the root of a lot of things okay I, I, i'm worst. i'm wondering if i know who you picked may have it, you know, I don't. I don't know how you're going to feel about it. So I'm kind of. Sure. I, I'm. I'm interested to hear your reaction okay. to it. Too. Okay. So fair. Today we are telling stories about the biggest <laughs> Christian villain. Dump dump dump. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> In each episode, our two guests will present their case. We'll talk a little about it, and after the episode, you listeners get to vote on who told the most compelling story. I'm the only person who knows what story each person is going to tell and who will go first until now. Dr. Mark, would you like to go first? I don't know if I have much of a choice in that regard, <laughs> so I will go first. Good answer. But I'm not going to immediately tell you who my person is. Okay. Ooh. I'm going to set it. I'm set going to stage. set it with a story. Uh, yeah, okay. And okay. I want to tell you, pardon me, I want to tell you a story. Let's do it. About a villain. Okay. Okay. This is how the story begins. 
Wait, hold on. Just I, I just yeah. want to say, like, you yeah. sitting in that chair and like starting it like that. It's <laughs> Where's like, my pipe? Come on yeah. in, children. Yeah, like, exactly. Gather around, That's uh, exactly. Where the fireplace. Uncle Mark is gonna tell you. Fireside <laughs> chat right here. <laughs> here is my story. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> a long time ago, galaxy in a galaxy far, far, far okay. away, mm-hmm. it is a period of civil war. Rebel spaceships striking from a hidden base have won their first victory against the evil Galactic Empire. During the battle, rebel spies managed to steal secret plans to the Empire's ultimate weapon, the Death Star, an armored space station with enough power to destroy an entire planet. Pursued by the Empire's sinister agents, Princess Leia races home aboard her starship, custodian of the stolen plans that can save her people and restore freedom to the galaxy. This is a story about a villain by the name of Darth Vader. Yep. If you have not seen Star Wars, and I'm talking about the original trilogy, I might reference, um, you know, Rogue One because it's basically part of the original trilogy. Okay. But I'm not going to talk about any of the prequels or sequels, just those, you know, the actual core. Darth Vader is the ultimate scary villain. We've set the scene. He shows up for the first time on screen, eight feet tall, clad in this intimidating outfit with the helmet and the cape, the red lightsaber. He is feared by all. And this, this is referencing, you know, Rogue One. Yeah. If you've ever seen the movie Rogue One, when Darth Vader shows up at the very end of the movie. Yep. On that rebel spaceship. Yeah, chaos. It is chaos. It is, Mm. you are quaking in your boots as an audience member. It's so completely terrifying. Mm -hmm. And the arc of the story is when you get to Return of the Jedi, Darth Vader, the ultimate villain, striking fear in the hearts of everyone of goodwill in the galaxy, becomes the agent for restoration and healing. He is the one, and he's the only one who can defeat the evil emperor. Yeah, It is a story of conversion. It is a story of transformation mm-hmm. from ultimate villain yep. to villain who has a change of heart. Mm. So, okay. who are we talking about in the book of Acts? Mm. The Apostle St. Paul. Yeah, Paul, the Apostle Paul as Darth Vader. Well played. The Apostle Paul first comes on the scene in the book of Acts during the stoning of Stephen, the proto-martyr, the first martyr, in Acts chapter 7. Stephen has been arrested for preaching the resurrection of Jesus mm-hmm. in the temple precincts and the surrounding areas of Jerusalem. He is put on trial, and he takes his trial as an opportunity to preach another sermon that recounts, in the space of one chapter, the history of the people of Israel culminating in the life, witness, death, and resurrection of Jesus. The authorities are incensed. They claim blasphemy. They take him out in a mob, and they stone him to death. And this is how... Saul of Tarsus is introduced for the first time. Which is Paul. Which is Paul, yes. 
Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him, and the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he knelt down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he died. And Saul was consenting to his death. That is Darth Vader entering the rebel spaceship. There we go. With the dead bodies all around, and he just sort of kicks them with his boot. Saul was consenting to his death. Later on, we return to the, the person of Saul, um, who is, turns out, a very uh, educated, he was a Roman citizen. He yeah. was highly educated. He was a Pharisee, which meant that he was of that kind of educated scholarly class who was looking for the redemption of Israel through strict adherence to Torah in all of its manifestations, which for Saul also included a political upheaval against the Roman Empire. So this is where the Star Wars analogy breaks down. Okay, Saul is also fighting against the evil empire okay. um, as a religious leader saying, we must take political action and the vehicle for our political action is for Israel to be Israel, mm. which means to adhere to the law as we in our Pharisaical group and uh, and understand that to be. He was he was viscerally uh, um, hyped up on this. Okay. He was he was charismatic in his zeal. He was a zealot for these things, and. The way that his his zeal took shape was to persecute the nascent church. He got letters from the authorities to travel up and down the roads there in Palestine along the eastern Mediterranean, uh, looking for these nascent communities of Christians and rooting them out and bringing them to light, bringing them to the trial, and having them imprisoned at best, mm-hmm. killed at worst. And his name became known among the Christian community as the guy who was out to get them. People, you know, look out for Saul. Mm-hmm. He is on fire for persecuting the church. He was that Darth Vader rooting out the rebellion. Wow. Until mm-hmm. one day, he is on the road, on his horse with a servant, on the road to Damascus, with letters from the governor to root out the community of Christians in Damascus. And he's riding on the road, and he is struck down from heaven, falls off his horse, sees a blinding light, and he hears a voice that says, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul's response is to say, which is so interesting when you think about this in the book of Acts, his response is to say, who are you, Lord? Mm -hmm. And as if to say, I realize this is a divine Mm. thing happening. Mm. And the voice responds to say, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Mm-hmm. He's left blind. Um, and then from that point, he travels on to Damascus, but not as this official, but he's, he's taken, he goes into the house of Ananias, who was a Christian, yep. and he spends a period of time recovering and praying and fasting. He eventually receives his sight back and realizes that his life 
needs to take a turn and has taken a turn through this encounter with the risen Jesus. Mm. And for the rest of his life to his dying day, he will say, I am a witness to the resurrection of Jesus because it was the actual person of Jesus that I saw on that road, not just a voice disembodied from something. Mm-hmm. And went on, and he, he uh, at his baptism, in that time, in that, in that moment, uh, he doesn't change his n- name the way that you know God changed Abram's name to Abraham and some yeah. of these other people who receive name changes. This is more of a linguistic thing. Shaul is the Hebrew and Aramaic version of his name, which was um, Hellenized in Greek and Latin as Paulos or Paulus. So it was simply uh, the way that both in the book of Acts and in his letters, and then later as the church has read these things, it, it becomes a hinge for before his conversion, he was known as Saul. After his conversion, mm. he was known as Paul, which is handy because he became known as the apostle to the Gentiles, yep. who were Greek-speaking yep. and Latin-speaking, but he was writing in Greek. And so using the Greek form of his name hmm. became part of that mission to write in Greek to these Gentile communities. Mm. But we see that as the moment where, he, where his name is changed for us, um, and goes from being the Darth Vader who was striking down everybody on that rebel starship and you know killing Ben Kenobi and all this stuff, he becomes then the redeemed villain who becomes the ultimate spokesperson. His zeal goes from zeal of political change through strict political adherence to the law to saying, the way he doesn't change his, and this is, I'm totally channeling N.T. Wright here, who's one of my favorite New Testament scholars. And the way that N.T. Wright defines the ministry of Paul is Paul remains a zealot after his conversion, but his zeal takes a different direction. His zeal stops being about political maneuvering and more about the completion of Israel still needs to happen for the redemption of the world. But the completion of Israel is now seen as the person of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is the completion of Israel, and the community of Christians who follow Jesus participate in that Jesus being Israel. And so on the one hand, Paul doesn't change his ministry, but on the other hand, he very much does. And he Mm -hmm. becomes the villain who has a transformation to being the hero. Okay. Paul would never call himself a hero, though, would he? Hmm. No. He would say in his letters, I am the worst of sinners. In his own mind, mm-hmm. he was always the villain and would remain a villain until, hmm. he, until he died. But hmm. the church embraced him. And it took, you know, at first they didn't trust this guy. Oh, he's now a double agent. He's infiltrating us. And it took him really a while to convince the Christian community at the time to say, no, 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 no. This is sincere. I am one of you now, and we are together now. But... Paul, the ultimate villain who has a redemption story. Interesting. Yeah, I like that. I didn't realize that, that his name was just a trans... It's just yeah. Greek. It's, to, yeah, it's yeah. just a translation. Wow. But he then, yeah. that was how he referred to himself. Hmm. Interesting. Moving wow. forward. So yeah. just, to, just to clarify, the biggest church villain is the Paul that our church is named after. After our church, right. St. Paul's Episcopal Just making church. making sure That's all right. the listeners know. Because he's so, I mean, he wrote over half of the New Testament. Yeah. You know, he is the guy who 
enabled Christianity to spread yeah. across, at least westward. Other people had it spread eastward. Because not everybody wanted to preach to the Gentiles, right? Not everybody yeah. wanted to preach to the Gentiles. Yeah. Um, and he said, no, no, no. If it can be for me, then it can be for everybody. Because yeah. that's what it means. That's how he interpreted God saying to Abraham, I will make you a blessing for mm -hmm. all nations. Mm -hmm. Jesus was that blessing for all nations, and we have a part to play. That was his mission. Yeah. And I think it is, no matter how you feel about this interpretation of Paul's theology, I think it is safe to say Christianity today would not be what it is if Paul, Saul, had never had that conversion moment. Mm. If that ultimate villain had not had a redemption story. I like that. Yeah. I like the little redemption story add-on there. That's good. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. I'm looking for like uh, some, you know, pun here about like a he wrestled with a lightsaber in his side <laughs> or something. I, I haven't well, you yet, know, but. his his one of his iconography <laughs> images is yep. that sword turned upside down. Oh right? uh, yeah. So that could Just be you lightsaber. Know, a lightsaber. Red. Yeah. A red lightsaber. That's right. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, cool. Man. <laughs> um, James. Uh, Mark picked someone from the Bible. Did you pick someone from the Bible? I. <laughs> when you, when you gotta, why are you gonna set it up like that, man? Like, come on. I know, that, was, that was cheap. <laughs> oh, I know. God, uh, I know. I, I can't. We can't top that. I mean, he is the original. He is like the proto villain, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. He's. he's I like the to OG. keep it old school. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I can't top that at all. Yeah, I. I hey, hey, bring it. Bring it. Let, let Let's hear who you picked. Okay. All right, I'm. I don't have like a. I don't have a nice story like that to set it up with. <laughs> so I'm just. I'm just gonna go for it. Um, I picked uh, Saint Augustine of Hippo. I knew it. <laughs> you knew it. <laughs> you knew it. I was. I was like, I okay. wonder if he's gonna pick Augustine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I, I guess that needs some explaining. You know, yep. like mm -hmm. wait, what? Like Saint Augustine of Hippo? Like, you know, um, uh, you know, kind of foremost theologian of the church, right? Yeah. Um, just doctor of the church. A right. saint. Yeah, and a saint. Um, so let me give you a little background okay. and kind of why, and then I'll get into it. But um, but um, yeah, so I, I mean, to like pick him as, as the villain, to me kind of feels a little bit like um, there were so many to pick, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you talk about Christian villains, um, I mean, uh, even just modern times, like we're, you know, ripe with Christian yeah. villains. <laughs> um, you know, like I thought about like Westboro Baptist at yeah. first or like, you know, just like, you know, just terrible folks, yeah. um, with bad theology. Right. Um, but it was like, you know, if you, if you kind of scratch into the surface of that and, and kind of keep on going and do a little more digging, um, it kind of like begins with Augustine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so a lot of other good things begin with Augustine too. So, but there, there's this kind of like point where that all begins. Okay. So Origin the story. root of all. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Descends. Um, um, but um, I guess it's, yeah, I'll just start with, you know, who he, who he was. Okay. Um, so he was born in uh, 354 in North Africa, um, a lot of depictions of Saint Augustine. Um, he's very white-looking, okay. but um, he was—he uh, was North African, so you know you can assume like he probably wasn't as lily white as you know you know medieval you know 
renditions of, of what he probably looked, what he may have looked like, or you know, sounds about right. Yeah, his skin was probably a little darker. Um, he was probably brown, um, and so um, he grew up um, learning. Uh, he studied in Carthage. He just incredibly smart, um, learning rhetoric and dialogue, and he. Uh, you know, was a little promiscuous, you know, <laughs> he, <laughs> he liked to, he liked to, you know, go to the clubs and, and hang out and, <laughs> and, um, and like all the while his mother who was a Christian, uh, was praying for him to like, you know, see the light and become mm-hmm. a Christian and, and get more into that later. Um, but, um, so he, he's, he's studying, he finds, um, uh, the teachings of Mani, Monarchism, which is like this blend of a lot of different things, but most mostly like Gnosticism, which um, really sets up like this dualism uh, component. I think of Augustine's theology, mm. and that is um, there's bad, there's good and evil, right? And um, like the body is bad and the soul is good, influenced by you know Greek philosophy, um, classical theo- um, philosophy. And so it sets up kind of the stage for for his Christian theology in Monarchism. Um, but he he leaves that he um, he has this conversion, um, and um, he you know it's like his mother you know who's been praying these you know these for him to become a Christian. It's finally like you know he sees the light, and and so a lot of his stuff is weird. Uh, like there's a lot of weird. Uh, what do you call it? Um, like kind of meditations, I guess, about his mother <laughs> reflections. He, yeah, he gets a little weird. He's okay. like, look, I mean, mama's boy might be putting it lightly, you know, <laughs> a little Oedipal, a little uh, yeah. Oedipal complex. Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. Um, yeah. I think one point, like he talks about like, um, mother's, like he has this thing about mother's milk. Oh, gross. Um, yeah, it's very <laughs> gross. And, and so, but it goes, it's like, I mean, it's kind of beautiful too. Like yeah. it goes back to like, well, like, you know, it goes back to Eve, like the mother of all women, you know, of like it's traced like through, yeah, cool. mother's milk. <laughs> and so he, yeah, he's like thanking mother for, you know, being, you know, Eve, essentially. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's kind of beautiful, but it's weird. Sure. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. sounds weird. <laughs> um, we can agree that. Um, so anyways, uh, he's, he, he, he rises quickly in the church. I mean, he's ordained in like 391. He's made a bishop by like 395. Oh, wow. I mean, it's like a, a few years later, he's made bishop, you know, kind of, you know, uh, rise to power is, you know, just unparalleled, right? Um, and so, uh, it took Desmond Tutu about 25 years. To yeah. Bishop. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which says a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but, um, so some of the good, I want to get like good, like, I just want to say like some good things about okay. Augustine before I just like trash him. Okay. <laughs> um, before the, be the St. Augustine people come at you. Yeah. Right. Like, don't at me, please. Um, Saint Augustine <laughs> folks. um, but he said, he said some really great things. Like, God loves each of us as if there are only one of us. Like there's these are some like very famous like Augustine sayings. Yeah. Um, there's a lot more, but I just want to like hit some of the you know the crowd pleasers here. Um, it says God is always trying to give good things to us, but our hands are too full to receive them. Hmm. Like wow. I mean, he's writing that then. Think about all that fills up our hands right now. Yeah. Whew. Okay. Yeah, that preaches. Um, he that loveth, oh, he that loveth prayer little. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. 
or he that loveth little, uh, loveth prayer little. He that loveth prayer, loveth much, right? Mm. Um, thou, uh, thou hast created us for thyself, and our heart is restless until it rests in thee. That's the ah. best one right there. Like, yeah, yeah that, that's great. Yeah, right? I mean, just so <laughs> good. Um, he, he talked about um, war as being um, a kind of a pathway to peace, um, which led to just war theory, Hmm. And things like that, which it has its arguments. I mean, uh, personally, a little more pacifist than that, yeah. but um, but kind of like justifying that, you know, sometimes uh, that evil has to be done for a greater good, you know, kind of a deal um, in just war theory. Um, so, I mean, those are some of like the good things that like, you know, and that's only scratching the surface. Mark, like you, you I mean, you know, Augustine, too. And yeah, like, what, do, what do you love about? What do you love about Augustine? I mean, you've named some of those things. Just his that whole vision of how you know we got that that quote God created us for God, mm-hmm. and and that we you know our lives are spent trying to put things in that God cavity in ourselves that aren't God, and it's never fulfilling because that cavity is there for right. God, mm-hmm. and it's it's not until that moment that mm-hmm. you know, and he just I mean his. his the city of God that he wrote. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's this massive tome, yeah. and it's it's along with the just war theory stuff. It also, I mean, it has this yeah. beautiful analogy of yes. of the human condition and, and the aspirations for life. You know, the Christian community, the the, the city of God. Yeah, uh, that's the, the journey we're all on. I mean, yeah, and like an the, and the church being like this example of what the city of God can right. look like. Where that boat. You know, yeah. sailing together. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea that our churches are called naves because they're upside down sailing ships. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it was an image that he used to talk about the the, the church as a boat. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, okay, just so a, what, then yeah. why is he a bad guy? Okay. Well. <laughs> okay. So he was a bad guy um, because he said some not so good things too. Okay. Um, and this is very controversial. So I I recognize that, but um, uh, he said. He said some things that set up this um, this notion of original sin. Yeah, that fun guy. Yeah, yeah. So he was the beginning of original sin, um, and I think you know Augustine folks are you know yeah they might they might comment about this because they'd be saying like no like it wasn't him it was the Pope at the time. Uh, who decided to like go with original sin? So like maybe like Pope Zosimus is that's a great the, name. Yeah, it's great, great name, great name. Yeah, um, absolutely. Name your kid that. Maybe not because <laughs> Zosimus. Yeah, he, yeah, but um, he uh, he he was the one who decided. Yeah, we're gonna go with original sin, and so like therefore like you know maybe he's the real villain. I don't know, but I, okay. I think I think um, you know scholars might say like well. Augustine just kind of floated this idea. Like, he didn't mean for it to become, you know, institutionalized yeah. in the church as a central, you know, core tenet of, of our theology, right? But I don't know. I don't know that. He's the guy who floated the idea and is, like, the cause for, you know, all these harms that the church has done yeah. over millennia. And so, therefore, he's the bad guy. Um, but you know, for those of you who don't know, like the doctrine of original sin, which I think we, we all kind of do know that, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, that it, it has its idea in, um, uh, as, um, Daniel Schroer put it, 
um, the idea of not enoughness. Mm. Um, the idea of not enoughness, the idea that we are depraved, broken, um, corrupt, and the only thing we can do is accept Jesus and is the solution, um, you know, to this problem, you know, of sin. Um, according to Daniel Shore, um, who wrote this book called um, Original Blessing, that was, ba- that was a, a building of the work on Matthew Fox of Original Blessing, which is great, great books, um, by the way, um, and uh, from where I get a lot of the stuff from uh, about uh, Augustine and original sin. But uh, she says, it argues two things. One, that when Adam and Eve ate the fruit in the garden, something negatively and permanently shifted in their nature. And two, this nature has been passed on to every human being mm-hmm. since. It's a declaration of sin's power that we are predisposed toward it and not goodness. Mm. So it sets up this, again, like good and evil, you know, battle from the beginning. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so along comes another, another figure around the same time named Pelagius. And um, Pelagius uh, was raised Celtic okay. um, in, the, in the British Isles, right? And uh, uh, studies in, I think, like Paris, moves to Paris, um, studies theology, and then eventually kind of makes his way to Rome and is in these theological circles of like having debate, um, you know, back and forth. And quickly makes this name for himself as as this you know heretic, mm. um, because he's kind of arguing he's arguing against um, Augustine, and we don't know much about like Pelagius's roots and and a lot of even have a lot of his writings, um, because it's all just quoted of what he's saying from letters back and forth mm. from folks like Augustine who are just like he's wrong, you know I'm yeah. right, you know um, it, it was more complicated than that of course, but. Um, Augustine did say Pelagius is the enemy of the grace of God. Oh gosh! So, I, and and in in seminary, um, we were taught like our heresies, right? Yeah. And so we were taught like, okay, you know, you got to know your heresies for like your general ordination exams, which are the exams you take, you know, when you want to become a priest, um, be ordained, and. And so you got to know these things. Yeah. And so we had like these charts, right? You know, did you have the chart that was like all the heresies? Oh, we, you had, know? we had flashcards. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, <laughs> and, and, and like the main one is like Pelagius and Augustine, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Pelagianism and Augustinianism. And um, I didn't know this, but apparently Pelagianism kind of became this broad encompassing term of like, to de- of like any heresy, oh, right? Like here, here is any heresy, and we're just going to call it Pelagianism because it became like the heresy. Hmm. Um, and basically, what it said is that you know human beings um, are created good, uh, and therefore um, not you know not sinful. Hmm. And so, uh, the the Pope at the time um, was um, well, let, me, let me find it um, Pope Innocent the First. Yeah. Okay. So Innocent the First is listening to like this theological dialogue going on, and he's listening to Augustine and, and Pelagius and like all these other voices, and it's kind of like holding them in conversation with each other, like saying like I can see like the merits of like both of your arguments, mm. and kind of like not not taking a side. Um, well, he dies, and uh, Pope Zosimus comes along, um, and under this like enormous pressure from bishops to like condemn. Um, says, you know, oh, okay, Pelagius, you're out, you know, and, and he's exiled, excommunicated from the church. Um, 
uh, I think Cyril of Alexander accepts him in and like lets him live in Egypt, but we don't hear any more from Plagius. He's gone. Hmm. Um, and so, um, so the idea is like um, that, you know, we've got this, we've got these, these two different people arguing about like the beginning and like what happened at the beginning um, and are people created inherently good or inherently evil, hmm. which I think like you can kind of like, once you dig into someone's theology, um, good or bad, like you can come to like that view and how somebody falls, you know, on that, like on that coin. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm not saying like that, you know, nothing good came out of original sin, but like a lot of really terrible things came out of original sin Yeah, because it, it created this dichotomy of like some are, some people are good and some people are bad, um, but really all people are bad. Um, but some people have Jesus and some people don't, you mm-hmm. know, it created, you know, uh, everything bad about um, evangelicalism in America, Christian nationalism, you might say too, um, you know, um, just everything, you know, violence against LGBTQ yeah. folks, um, you know, like it's, it's like justified under original sin because everybody is human and depraved and, and just sinful. Um, the other, like the other point too, about like what was bad about original sin and Augustine and, and, and all of that is that, um, shortly thereafter the church, um, became the, you know, the, the state religion, Mm. um, under Constantine. Right. And so the, the church, uh, as, as John Philip Newell says, the church got into bed, um, with empire. And so when original sin is the, the thing they're going with, you know, the, the, the theology, then, you know, that becomes like state sponsored terrorism mm. essentially. And it leads to the crusades. It leads to, you know, um, the inquisition, yeah. um, witch hunts, you yeah. know, <laughs> yeah, everything. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's like, it's the root of all, you know, <laughs> that's bad about Christianity. Huh. Um, but like, I mean, theologically speaking, you know, it's for me, it's this difference between like, if you start, like, where do you begin? Yeah. And um, for someone like Pelagius, who began in this like Celtic view of the earth as being created good, yeah. um, it was taught that like, you know, uh, very nature centric of like, every, everything around you is good. Yes, there are things that are hurt you, but like, you know, that, that's just the nature of things. It yeah. doesn't mean it's bad. It just is. Yeah. And it's created good. And so when, when like the Celts like heard, heard uh, the story of, of Christianity, of, of, um, of Judaism, um, of this uh, story of creation, they were like, huh, that makes sense. Yeah. You know? Oh, calling it everything good. Everything's good. Everything's good. Yeah. You know, humans are created very good. You know, everything yeah. is very good, God says, right? And so um, they're like, that makes sense. Um, that, that that's how we are and yeah. that's how we should define ourselves first, you know, rather than as, you know, sinful, depraved human beings. Um, so yeah. Um, you know, I feel like that's, that's like my own like personal starting point yeah. you know, of, uh, is that we are created first and foremost, beloved of God. Like we're created good. Um, yeah. and it doesn't, it's not like saying that sin doesn't exist. Um, that, and and in a way it kind of takes like an even more serious stance on sin as, um, Pelagius 
like argued that it's sin isn't like a like a like a condition that everybody has. It's a decision that you make. Hmm. So it's like you make poor decisions. Yeah. Um. And there's correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't there like a like Judaism like in in a lot of Judea, Judaism in their thought? It's like um, that that there is no um, corporate sin. It's individual. Or is that more is that more mystical Judaism or what? I yeah, don't I, I, I don't. That, I don't think that's a, a, an official like no. rabbinical teaching. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe there's like a there's a there's a there's a stream of of that theology running running through somewhere. Um, but yeah, the idea that like it, like sin isn't like a collective thing, but like an individual thing. You know, of like yeah. you do something bad, you mess up. You know, right? It's on you. Um, so like Pelagius had like this like like pious life um, because he was trying to avoid sin um, because it's it's something that he would do or that you know would be done to him and right. so he's like living this like virtuous you know ascetic life um, so that's interesting I like yeah. the, it's interesting inter- a dichotomy of how you like base your your faith um, you're either gonna base it on we are bad or base it on we are good and one seems to do a lot more bad in the long run in terms of theology um, than the other, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Because, I, I mean, I also wonder, like, on an individual level, how many people sort of subconsciously pick one over the other mm-hmm. to base their theology. Um, I'm also really interested in why... Uh, original sin was so appealing to church leaders. Like, oh, I can tell you. Yeah, please do. Uh, control. Yep. Um, can I interject? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> can I argue? You sure. can go for it. Yeah. Because I don't want us to get too carried away with a caricature yeah. of what Augustine actually said. Sure. Yeah. Uh, because I think it's worth arguing whether or not he actually said we're born bad. Mm. Right. He's more concerned with that how he's reading Genesis and trying to come mm-hmm. to grips with that narrative in Genesis yeah. of how do we interpret the fall? You know, we're made good and something happens and mm-hmm. something snaps. Mm-hmm. So I don't think Augustine would say that we were born bad other than we inherit. Yeah. I mean, the original mm-hmm. sin is the idea of inheriting something. Right. Humanity was created to be good. And because of this original sin, air quotes, you know, we now are in this inherited condition. Well, do you think and it's... so? His point uh, arguing against Pelagius, I think I'm right about this. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong about yeah. this. Is the argument that well, what Pelagius is saying is that we can choose the good, and if that's the case, if we can choose the good, Augustine's argument was well, why don't we? Mm-hmm. Why don't we choose the good? Sure. And if we have the power in ourselves to help ourselves, and we still don't, and mm-hmm. we want to. Mm-hmm. That leads to despair. Yeah. Mm. If I can choose the good and I continue not to, yeah. am so, I outside of God's grace? What's yeah. wrong with me? Yeah. How do I overcome that? Do I just try harder the next time? Yeah. Mm. Augustine says, yeah. well, if we are all in the condition of sin, mm. then we can rely on God's grace in Jesus Christ to hope on. Mm. That it's not up to us. It's up to someone outside of us who can do that for us. Yeah. And so it's not about me making a decision yeah. and failing. It's about I am I am inherently inclined 
to make the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. And his way of coping with that was through this idea of condition. Yeah. And, you know, some of that yeah. obviously came from his own life and his sure. own struggles. Yeah. He was beating himself up yeah. over some really rotten decisions that he had made right. yeah, in his own biography, yeah. autobiography, yeah, right. you know. Um, and so Pelagius became, or Pelagianism became this thing where he's saying, look, if we are determining our own fate, then why do we need Jesus? Mm. If we can make these decisions, mm-hmm. what is the point of, of what Jesus did? And Augustine's saying, well, here's the point. This is why Jesus is important. Hmm. Uh, and But, I mean, did yeah. that get twisted and lead to all these horrible things that you named? Yeah. Of course right. it did. Yeah. Absolutely. We're not right. arguing. I don't think anyone's going to argue that, yeah. no, the Crusades were fine. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. you know, that he, you know, both of these guys, and I think ultimately it might be worth saying both of these guys fell short of the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we're all still Human. trying yes. to figure this out, yeah. Right? right? Yeah. And... um and it's not, and so we feel like whew, we don't have to choose <laughs> these <laughs> yeah, other right. pillars to go with. Yeah. Um, but there's, you know, yeah. there's something. I mean, it's the old joke, you know, where they ask the guy taking his exam for ordination, it's like, well, do you believe in the doctrine of original sin? Yeah. And he says, believe in it. Hell, I look around and I see it. You know. <laughs> but it does yeah. color how we perceive, yeah. you know, the world. But it, it, you know, I've heard people say that that a a a healthily nuanced understanding of original mm-hmm. sin yeah. is actually full of grace. Yeah, it is. Right. And, you know, healthily nuanced Pelagian mm-hmm. perspective helps us get off, off our butts mm-hmm. and do things in the world. Mm-hmm. And both of these can really, like, run amok in the wrong direction, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so and, and also full of grace, too. Uh, yeah, yeah, it can be, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I think, I feel like, I, you know... Looking for like that original, like that term original sin mm-hmm. in Augustine, right? You got to kind of like ferret it out a little bit. You right? do. He talks about being, you know, that yeah. the will, the voluntas yeah, yeah, is yeah. his thing, the curved yeah. will. Yeah. Um, but I think he does say something about like, because like infant baptism was this big discussion at the at that point, because mm-hmm. you know we're putting church into walls and uh, you know architecture, yeah. and so we got to figure out like what to do with people in baptism, and so there was this argument going on about infant baptism too at the same time, and and I think um, Augustine did say that um, that uh, that we that babies aren't innocent. Um, it's just a weakness of limb, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. Then, then purity of heart. So, kind of like, <laughs> kind of like you know, tainted from the from the start, yeah. you know, kind of a thing. But, um, but yeah, I mean, some of it was practical too about like, what do we do? Mm-hmm. Um, well, like, better to just assu- uh, you know. Baptize and and assume grace, right? You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. and you, once again, you wonder: is that coming from his own autobiography? Mm-hmm. If I had been right, baptized yeah. earlier, right, would right. I have had this whole weird, yeah, painful yeah. journey that I went on myself as yeah. young Augustine? Yeah, yeah, and so obviously, like uh, Pelagius was like argue, arguing the opposite that like mm-hmm. it makes more sense for like human beings to. Uh, come to like make yeah. this mature decision. You chose the party. Right. You, you yes. weren't born That's with right. the original That's right. compulsion That's to right. do it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's something like yeah that happened to you rather than mm. you know something that you know you did. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it's I don't know. Like for me, it, it just it 
it's interesting to look at kind of like everything that might be wrong with the church and right. then like a lot, just so much of it, not all of it, but so much of it you can trace to original sin. Hmm. I don't know. Interesting. My, Never thought about it yeah. that way before. Yeah. yeah I haven't either. It's interesting. The history of the church boiled down into one 20 minute. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome, world. These are yeah. some pretty serious concepts to be talking yeah. about. I Seriously. Think. Yeah. I was, I didn't think about, yeah, I didn't we'd, think we'd go as deep when we were we talking about it. church villains. Oh, yeah. Sin. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> um, Thanks, yeah, James. We brought it. Appreciate it. Yeah. Just <laughs> go deep. We're going to do, yeah. Dig deep. Yeah. Well, Paul. Mm-hmm. I, I can't can't be upstage. And, you know, I think Paul, can never be upstage. Yeah, Paul can, Paul can leave us a message here because Paul will say, you know, what is Paul's quote? I am the I am the chief among sinners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we look at people like Augustine. I mean, you know, and like you said at the outset, name your person. Yeah, yeah. who either lived too long right. or wrote one thing too much, or you know, right. And for me, I think I can I can wrap my head around that by saying, well, God uses imperfect people despite ourselves. And even though we cause harm, I mean, Martin Luther, bless his heart, caused a lot of harm (laughs) for for millions of Jews who lived after his time. Right. Um, And, you know, name your person. We are all mixed bags of of this stuff. And and the crazy thing is God chooses to use Mm -hmm. us anyway. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's, that's pretty... Humbling, I yeah. guess, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, like, a big reason why I'm a campus minister. Like, I I, I think I played around too much in college, and, mm. you know, and... Yeah. <laughs> so, I, like, you know, the story, like, the version story of Paul and and uh, and Augustine, like, I see a lot of my story in that, too, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So... And how do we, yeah. how do we take out... How do we yeah. take the good and the bad together? Right. I mean, we've, you know... And, and, you know, I could have very easily argued... Paul in a different light, couldn't I? Yeah. I could have talked about all the stuff in his epistles that were like, oh, let's not read that verse. Right. Yeah. Right. Totally. Well, let's skip totally. that. Yeah. You right. Know. You know, I mean, we just, it's, it's, Christianity is not pretty all the time, mm. is it? It's pretty it's messy. messy. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Cool. On that note, thank you guys for being here. Appreciate it. James, come back again for another episode sometime soon. Thanks. Thanks. Um, Friends, the cases have been presented, and now the power is in your hands. If you're listening on Spotify, there's a link to a poll in the episode description. Please let us know who you think told the best story. Voting for all episodes will remain open until we finish season one, when we'll have our tournament of champions. We only have a few more episodes this season before we take a break, and I'm really excited about the upcoming themes, so keep listening. Thank you, everyone, for subscribing to the podcast and rating and subscribing, and thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye. (laughs) 